I invite you all now to join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you with grateful hearts for who you are in all your glorious majesty and for all the love and care and gifts you bestow on us. You created within parents an inbuilt sense of knowing what is good for our children. But how much more, O oh God, do you know how to take care of us, your children? We are always so grateful to you for always supplying our needs. Thank you for our homes, food and clothing and all the good things you lavish on us. Thank you also for taking care of our deep longings and emotional needs. New things come into our lives and old things go from our lives. You began a good work in us and you have promised to complete your good work within us. We cherish our memories of times gone by, memories with family and friends and places we have been, memories of trials overcome. We are mindful that you are in the process of doing new things, new people, new places, new ways of doing things, new ways of seeing things. We look forward to these things with anticipation. Help us to welcome new things even the possible hard times that may come into our lives, knowing that you will not allow anything to happen to us that won't shape us into becoming more like Jesus. Help us to forget any pain or struggles from the past, not holding on to them, but instead pressing forward to the things you have before us. May you guide the deep stirrings that are often within us and let them bring us to a new place in you. Lord, bind the hands of the enemy who will always try to put it into our hearts that our challenges, changes and difficulties are a sign we are not loved. May we always know how much we are loved by you and if, Father, our knowledge of you, your love and goodness is only in our heads, then please move it to our hearts. As we face new times, help us to focus on whatever is true, noble, right and lovely and admirable. May we face our future with an attitude of optimism, faith and trust and goodwill. No matter what may come our way, let us remember that because of your great love, your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We look forward to the months and years ahead, knowing you will be doing great things amongst us. We give you praise and give you honour today, tomorrow, and the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, uh, I'm really excited to share a message with you. It really kind of fits better at the first week of January rather than the last week of January, but it's the first opportunity I get to share it because it's a message that really looks back at the year that has been 2020, uh, looking at how perhaps God has 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 stopped something or has has used that and what that means as we look forward into 2021 and as uh, Kathy shared as we look to Jesus as we look to him to be our guide moving forward and in a few weeks time as we come together for our, our vision Sunday and we share uh, with our church community all that we believe God has got for us in 2021 how has how is God using what has been passed for his purposes to actually bring about a new thing. 
how has God taken perhaps what's been a difficult year in 2020 for many people, yet there has been God's fingerprints and God's activity in all of those perhaps hard and difficult circumstances that he's using to bring about new and wonderful things. And Mike so beautifully prayed that that he's a God who continually does new and wonderful things amongst us. We aren't just a people who, who come and do the same thing week in, week out, but we're open to and looking forward with anticipation and with, with positivity and trust that our God is an amazing God who continues to work amongst us and bring about new things. So I want to take you, first of all, this morning to a place in America called Death Valley. It's a great name for a place, isn't it? Death Valley. Has anyone ever been to Death Valley or visited it? Terry. Terry's been to Death Valley. Well, Terry might know that um, Death Valley is one of the most hottest, most arid uh, places on earth. Not much grows there. There's not much uh, animal life there. Uh, in fact, you get the, the typical kind of desert floor that's cracked and it's arid, it's bare, it's barren and it's an extremely hot and inhospitable place. Uh, I've got the next couple of uh, photos here of the type of place that Death Valley is. And if you go to the next one, again, just this valley with, with mountains either side that's just bare and, and empty and void. And go to the next one. It's so hot there, in fact, that they have to recommend that there's no walking after 10 a.m. for serious uh, danger to your your health. And there's a visitor centre a bit outside of the National Park in Death Valley, uh, and they have a thermometer. And it's a bit of a a place where people come, uh, the, the whole tourist shot, where you get a selfie or you get get a shot next to the... I've got the next photo up there where they they get to sort of prove that they've been in some really hot places. Now, that's Fahrenheit. I think that's 53 degrees Celsius. Now, Death Valley actually holds the record for the highest recorded temperature in history, which was 57.6 degrees. Whoa. Now, that is a very hot and barren place. So we've got this dry, barren sort of wasteland, if you like, of Death Valley. And some of us might look back at 2020 and look at that picture and think, wow, that kind of reminds me of what that year was a bit like for me uh, and around us. And you think, how can anything good come out of such a place? How can anything of vibrance and life ever be existing in a place, in an environment like that? Well, in 2005, something very very special happened. In 2005, just through the the weather patterns that were happening, something unusual happened, which was it rained for two days straight in Death Valley. And it was torrential rain. It caused flooding and it completely soaked the land of Death Valley. And it turned the place from this to this. It's called a super bloom. And it happens every... 10 to 20 years. Another one happened in 2016. And what's happened is that there have been seeds in the ground waiting, waiting 
for the right environment and the right moment for the rain to come. And you can just circle through the next lot of um, shots if you like. People from all over the world came to witness this amazing uh, event where wildflowers, this vast wasteland, was turned into a beautiful garden, into life and vibrancy. Particularly photographers came and just took these amazing shots, meadows of beautiful wildflowers that aren't normally seen in such a dry and arid place. And as I think about this image and this concept, this morning we talked about thriving and in this dry and weary land, you know, we're, we're longing to thrive. We're not just here to survive, but we're here to, to shine and to be beautiful and to have vibrancy, just like these wild meadows of flowers. And so what's, what's caused this super bloom to happen? As I said, there, there were seeds in the ground waiting for the right time for the rain to come. And as I think about this concept I think about our lives, I think about our spiritual lives and how God, it says in Ephesians chapter 1, that God before the foundation of the world thought of us and and predestined us to be in him and he planted seeds. Isn't it amazing to think that before God said, let there be light, he thought of you and he planted seeds in your life that just at the right time, under the right conditions, were ready to burst forth and bring vibrance and life. And as you look at certain areas of your life that might feel desolate and, and, and like a wasteland, you think, how, how can anything good come out of that? We're just waiting for that right time for the soaking rain of the Holy Spirit to just touch those seeds that he's planted in us, that we would then come to life and find vibrancy and life in that. And so right from the very, before the creation of the world, God has planned and purposed you and he has, has promises for you in your life. They're like those seeds in the ground, just waiting to be birthed to life. I want to take you to um, the story of Abraham. Many of you know this, but Abraham was the, the father of Israel and it was the beginning uh, of a nation through whom Abraham and his descendants would, would birth a nation. And out of that nation, Jesus would come to be the saviour of the world. And when God first comes to Abraham, there's, there's this amazing uh, interaction between Abraham and, and the Lord. And the third time that, that God brings his covenant to him, it's in, in Genesis chapter uh, 17. Says this God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now, there was a significant thing happening, as you know, in Abraham's life and in Sarah, his wife's life, is that she was literally barren. They were not able to have children. And he was in his 90s. So he's getting on. And there is a Death Valley situation for them in their life that is dry and broken and barren, literally. And they're thinking, 
how can anything good, like where is the, the, the life that is to come from us? And, and you might be, be looking into certain areas of your life as you looked at those pictures and there, there might be a similar situation that's happening for you that you feel that is dry and barren and that is, that is, that there's no chance of, of renewal or new things to come. But we worship a God who is always in the process of bringing about new things. We worship of God, and if you look through Scripture, it is throughout Scripture that he brings about new things, and he brings about restoration. Where there is, where there is hopelessness, he brings hope. Where there is death, he brings life. Just reminded of the, the, the passage in Ezekiel where, you know, the valley of the dry bones, and it's the, the spirit that comes and brings, brings life to those bones. Now, I was talking with, with Carol uh, during the week about how the, the prayer night went, and she said, well, we focused on the passage from Isaiah 43, and I've got it here. And I said, oh, that's interesting that you've focused on that because I'm going to be preaching on that on Sunday. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in, a, in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. You might have wastelands in your life. You might have areas of, of wilderness, but God is a God who's longing to do new things, to breathe his spirit upon those areas of your life and to bring vibrancy and, and life and newness uh, in those things, just as he's about to do for our friend Abraham. So going back to the Genesis 17 passage, he says something very interesting. He says, You will be the father of many nations, for I have made you a father. Now, at this point, Abraham is not a father. But God says that I have made you a father, so therefore you will be a father. Now, I want you to see something very, very special in this. We are able to be everything that God has made us to be. God has made Abraham a father, therefore he is able to be a father. God has made us holy, therefore we are able to be holy. God has made us more than conquerors, therefore we are able to live a freedom life. We are not able to be what we are not, and what God has not made us. In fact, you just have to look at America's Got Talent or uh, one of those shows where people believe <laughs> that they can sing and they open their mouth and you realise that they can't. In fact, I came across a funny story when I was researching this, a true story in ancient China. An emperor chose a person to be a flautist in his orchestra and that person could not play the flute. The emperor thought he could. And so for 20 years in the orchestra, he just pretended to play the flute and he got a wonderful living, he got paid to do it and he just for 20 years continued just to pretend and to be part of this orchestra. <laughs> came time for the emperor to have some solos presented to him by members of the orchestra and this guy gulped and realised that he couldn't play so he took some poison and died. Funny story, but <clears throat> we, cannot, we cannot simply be what we are not made for. Do you know, we can become all that God has made us, all that he has promised us, all the words that he has spoken over us, the, the promises in Scripture, the words that, and the seeds that he has put into our hearts, all of those things can be transformed and bring life 
because he has made us to be that. So we are made to be his children, therefore we can be his children. And so Abraham then uh, is able to become a father because God has made him a father. Same with, with Gideon. When, when God comes to Gideon and says, hey, mighty warrior, and Gideon's like, who are you talking to here? Just waiting for that right time, for that right moment for Gideon to be all that God actually made him and purposed him to be. New Testament example, there's Peter who is always putting his foot in it, who's always saying the wrong thing. And you think, this is a wild man. How can, how can this guy, how can anything good come out of this guy who's a bit loose and, and a bit all over the place? And, of course, Jesus says to him when he declares that, Jesus, you are the, the Son of God, you are the Messiah, and Jesus says, upon you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. You are the rock. And, of course, in the same illustration as Death Valley, it's the, it's the rain that then comes down, a picture of the Holy Spirit. And at Pentecost, the, the Spirit comes upon the disciples. And through the power of the Spirit, Peter is transformed and preaches the most amazing sermon and thousands of people come to faith and the church is born. See, Peter was able to become all that God had planned for him to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get to that at the end. And so for you, as you look back at 2020 and you perhaps think what good can come out of that, I want to encourage you that God is at work and God is putting seeds in the ground and God is perhaps ending things in order for new things to begin. In fact, as you think about how seeds first enter the ground, that's often the process when it comes to plants. Uh, Often the process is a plant comes up, its job is to produce seeds, and once it's done that, it dies. And so in order for there to be new life, there has to be death. And this is, a, again, a picture that we see all throughout Scripture. In fact, uh, Bonhoeffer once said, uh, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. And as I think about the picture of Death Valley and I think about the picture of our lives and our spiritual lives, how true it is not only uh, in the spiritual sense but also in, in other senses that there are certain parts of us that need to die in order that something new might begin. There are certain habits or there's certain lifestyles that perhaps in in 2020 weren't able to happen that were forced to die in order for new habits and new things to happen of course we we see this uh in in scripture the fact in fact we sang about it this morning um in in the bridge of christ be magnified it says if the cross brings transformation I'll be crucified with you because death is the doorway into resurrection life. It is so true that there had to be death in order for there to be life and we see that in the person and the work and the ministry of Jesus. In order for you and I to have life, in order for you and I to be come uh, into fellowship and, and rightness with, with God our maker, there had to be death. Jesus' death and resurrection has brought you and I life. 
And so it is with us. And as I was reflecting on this, uh, I was thinking about my life. And I was thinking about what in my life has perhaps had to die in order for God to do new things. And I think it's not just uh, a my story. I think it's a story for pretty much most of us, and that is our pride. I think for many of us, uh, in order to, to enter into and thrive and, and have the vibrancy in life that God is calling us to, I think very often we need to put death to death our pride. Uh, God loves the humble heart, but he opposes the proud. And as a, a young man, I was very prideful. I think all young men probably are. It's probably something to do with age and, and maturity. And I was, as a young, young man, in a, a very popular uh, punk rock band, and it's all about image, it's all about how you look. And it was a fantastic part of my life, but it fueled that, uh, that pride, that, that self-image, that how do you look to other people. And it's interesting as I look back on my life, as that thing died, it actually caused a new thing to begin where I actually needed to humble myself and ask God, how am I to follow you and what are you calling me to? And, and, and I'm sure age had something to do with that and maturity. But out of that, new possibilities and, and new directions happened uh, in my life. You know, I came across a very uh, interesting definition of pride. Pride is where you elevate your self-image above that which God wants you to do. Ooh, that's interesting, isn't it? Where our self-image, how we look to others, is elevated above what God desires of us. Wow. Perhaps there's a death that needs to happen maybe even this morning as we, we have a ministry time, as we, we look to ourselves. Or perhaps there's habits, perhaps there's lifestyles that have had to be put to death. You know, as I, as I think about us as a church, something that happened in 2020, and I've mentioned this before, was death to the old way of doing church. <laughs> the, the, the school put an end to how we gathered and the security of doing things a particular way, things that we were used to. And it forced us to do something and look to something that was new that God was birthing in us. Something had to die in order for life to come. And as I talk with many uh, of my fellow uh, work, the the, the guys particularly, uh, as they look to last year, perhaps something that died was going to work and coming home. And what that birth was being able to work from home and being with our families more and being with our kids more. And as I look, uh, you know, across our society and and people going back to work now have actually worked into their contract the ability to work from home more because they've proven that they're able to do it. That would never have happened unless 2020 happened. And I think that is a good thing. And so... What perhaps in your life needs to die in order to bring new life? For Abraham, something had to pass away in order for him to realise the seed that God planted in his life to be the father of many nations was going to come about. And that was to simply leave his homeland. Uh, He came from a place called Ur. And 
archaeologists have actually dug up Ur. It's in ancient Mesopotamia, and I've got a picture of the archaeological dig here. Um, and they've, they've uncovered um, this amazing city, a metropolis of what this place would have been like. And his father, uh, actually Abram means exalted father or son of exalted father. And Abraham's father was probably an exalted person in a very thriving, very comfortable, very uh, up there uh, lifestyle. In fact, um, if you go to the next picture, they've got a picture here. They've kind of resurrected what Ur would have been like. Now we're talking at least 2000 BC here. And we've got canals, ports, uh, you know, we've got a, a beautiful place to live that if you're thinking about the time <laughs> that it was, there could have been much worse places to be, such as the place that God was sending Abraham. So God, God says to Abraham, you have to leave this comfort. You have to leave this habit of ease and lifestyle and enter into a land that I am calling you to, to become the father of Israel. And then through you, the whole nation, the whole world is going to be blessed through you. So Abraham had to put to death his comfort, his lifestyle, being in a, in a world that was easy. And I wonder as we reflect on our lives, is that something maybe God's calling us to? And perhaps that's something that has happened to us in 2020. And as we look to 2021, what is God going to bring about in our travels, in our, our dealings with one another, in our ministry areas, in our workplaces, in our family, that is going to be new and that is going to be like a wildflower meadow uh, in our lives. Just want to quickly finish with three things going back to the Death Valley picture. Three things that were required for the meadow to be transformed. The first thing, of course, was the seed. And so it's, it is so true in our lives. For our transformation, first of all, we need a seed. And that seed is the word of God. In fact, in, in 1 Peter, it says... Sorry, Dave, I'm jumping all over the place. Dave's doing so well. In 1 Peter it says, For you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. You see, the word of God comes to us, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And that comes and it takes its place in our hearts. And just waiting for the right time for that word to actually do a transformation within us, to be transformed from the inside out through the, the word of God. And, and I really believe that for many of us, the word of God is, is preached, is spoken, and it comes to us and it is Im- embedded in us and, it, and it's there. But sometimes it just stays there. And it just becomes an intellectual word or it becomes an understanding, or it becomes at best a moral compass. But it's just waiting for the right time, for the the reign of the Spirit to actually bring life to that word and for that to bring transformation in our lives. So the first thing we need is the seed. The second thing that the seed in Death Valley needed was it needed to be open to the rain. It wasn't hidden under a roof 
uh, it wasn't um, put so deep in the ground that the rain couldn't get it. It was positioned. It was positioned itself so that the rain could get to it. And uh, this particular meme had been doing its rounds on Facebook. I find this incredibly funny. I don't know if you do, but um, it's, I don't know. If, can you read the words? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Sanders there and, and it's a picture of him like pretty much everything of him is, is crossed over because he's obviously cold and trying to keep the cold out and, and so he's got this position this kind of sense of being closed to the cold around him and I think it's a great picture sometimes of, of how we approach the things of God how we approach perhaps even coming to church sometimes you know, we've had a hard week. We've we've got we justify the fact that it's you know we've we've had an argument with someone or a certain thing has happened to us. Someone said something nasty to us, and we come and we're just like Neh. the thing about the seed is that it positioned itself to be open to the rain to come and to to nourish it. And I think that's something very important that we need to do in order for the seed that God planted in us before the, the, the foundation of the world to, to come to life, is that we need to be open to the activity of the Spirit. We need to be open to him uh, coming in and ministering to us. And that's open hands and open hearts. So for, first of all, there's the seed. Secondly, there's an openness to what God is going to do. And of course, thirdly, there's the rain. This is the most important thing. And the rain throughout Scripture is symbolised as the Holy Spirit that rains down on us. We are nothing without the Holy Spirit. The seed was waiting for the right time, for the conditions to be right, for the rain to come and, and germinate it and to bring it to life. I believe that there are so many of us waiting, longing for that condition to be right, for the Holy Spirit to come and bring about a new thing, to turn our wastelands into gardens, to, to, to enable us to, to die to self and be made alive in him. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And... So... I'm going to invite Kathy up. I just want to say that that whole picture of Death Valley is, is an amazing picture, isn't it? The transformation that occurred is the same type of transformation that God wants to do in each and every one of us. God doesn't want us to remain desolate and barren and dry. His desire is to reign upon us. So as we look at these, the contrast, I want us to start thinking in our lives. I want you to start personalising what is the Lord saying to you. Is there an area of your life that needs to be put to death in order for God to do a transformation? Is there a promise? Is there a word that has been spoken over you that is that seed just waiting for the right time for the Spirit to come and breathe life on it? Perhaps that's this morning. Perhaps as we invite the Spirit now to come and minister to us, we're going to 
sing a song in a moment, and I, I really encourage you, you might want to close your eyes. You might want to look at the words. But can I encourage you to kind of be silent in your mind and to allow the Holy Spirit to actually come and speak and to, to point to and make known that seed in your life or that area that needs death. I want to just read to you as, as I end a word that was given at our prayer night on Thursday night. This was a word that was spoken and unbeknownst to what I was going to be preaching on, uh, the direction of the year, this is the word. The Lord will come amongst us this year as a doctor. Like the Fremantle doctor, the Holy Spirit will blow amongst us regularly and refreshingly apply the balm to our bruises and massage us with kindness. To others, he will cut gently like a doctor lances a boil. Things that have come to a point need to be freed and healed. To others, he will operate it internally using his gentle, gentle instruments called love and kindness. Whenever there is gentle surgery, there is a period of healing that comes. The Holy Spirit will gently heal. The purpose of all this is to bring us to a new place in our spiritual journey, a place where we can grow in our walk with the Lord and where we can be an instrument of peace to others who need a loving God. Love is the driving force in all of God's actions. A beautiful word that is spoken, that the Holy Spirit is going to frequently move amongst us, that he's going to do a healing work in our lives. And so can I encourage you, as we sing this song, this is a song (laughs) we're thinking about how to end today. Kathy and I spent half an hour mulling over it and we ended up with a song that I wrote years ago that Kathy came and kind of made sound better. We're going to sing this and I encourage you, close your eyes. Ask God what death valley in my life needs newness. What death valley needs the healingness of the spirit to blow life. As I look back at 2020 and I see some heartache, I see some pain, God, how are you going to transform that? What new thing are you longing to do in my life? How can I be open to you? Help me not to be closed off. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, we invite you here this morning. Blow like that healing rain in Death Valley. and Come and bring life where there needs to be life. A word where there needs to be a word. Healing where there needs to be healing. Come and work amongst us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
So, Lord, that is our prayer this morning. Lord, as we take uh, the word that has been spoken, and as as that seed is planted in our lives, Lord, we pray for your spirit to bring about something new. Lord, for all those struggling with a particular barren thing or wasteland, Lord, may they be open to you for your spirit to come and do a new thing in their lives and for there to be transformation and healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for that, Sam. I, um, when Sam was speaking, I had a few thoughts that I'd sort of written down and um, one of the big ones was that the wilderness is not a new thing. Uh, not just because in the Bible they lived in, you know, desert or whatever, but the concept of wilderness uh, is not new and it's a common theme in the Bible. Sometimes uh, we're sent into the wilderness, like Jesus or uh, John was, or sometimes we fall into the wilderness the way that Israel did. Uh, and sometimes we just find ourselves in the wilderness. So the the idea that, you know, wilderness uh, is is... A recurrent theme, and sometimes in our lives, it, it's always there. Um, is is not new to us as as a people, and not new to God either. But neither is renewal, and neither is transformation. These are not new concepts either. So the the concept of renewal is not new to God. It's not new to us as people. Um, sometimes we need it. Sometimes we. Uh, wish for it, sometimes we even plead for it. Um, ultimately, it's a gift that's given through grace uh, by God. And it's a gift like any parent, any parent with kids has experienced that um, sometimes a new gift can, can join the pile uh, or uh, share attention with the other stuff. Um, but renewal doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, Sam said it's not that kind of it's not that kind of gift. It requires uh, a sacrifice. It's a big enough gift that it actually requires a new shelf, or it requires a new space on the shelf, or it requires a sacrifice. Something that we have to actually enable to happen as well. Uh, maybe something we have to let go of to create that bandwidth. So, um, why don't you join me in prayer? Um, unless anyone else wants to share a thought. If anyone had something that they wanted to say or if there was anyone before I close in prayer, does anyone have anything they want to say? I think we should stand at the end and sing the song again. We should stand and sing it. All right, that sounds good. Why don't we stand now and sing it? All right, why don't we stand and sing and then I'll close in prayer. Thank you.
God, we thank you for renewal. We thank you for transformation through your grace and empowerment to be renewed through the Spirit. We pray for the healing, encouraging, life-changing rain to come down where we so desperately need it. Amen. If you would like prayer, the uh, team will be available in the prayer room. It's that first door in the corridor on the left, and the team will be there waiting, ready to pray with you. Go into your weeks in peace. Thank you.